0: So, one thing I have said a million times now, probably, I feel like, and I will continue to say it, is the importance of a context of a verse, you know. Knowing the context of the verse, the meaning surrounding the verse, why the verse is the way it is, why it's in the spot it is, why it was said the way it was, all these things. Knowing the in context of a verse, and not just taking a verse as a solo verse, unless it was meant to be taken that way. There are some verses out there that are meant to be read as the one verse, and they work that way along with their context, and it's not really shifted, but there's lots of times where people misuse the meaning of a verse. And I've talked about it before, and I'm going to talk about it again. But what I also really want to talk about today is just the importance of having patience when responding. When people present you with a question, when people present you with an argument, when people do anything that requires you to have a response, having patience in responding. Because we live in this instant gratification day of age. I mean, you can see it everywhere. I mean, the way social media is, the way especially here in America, just everything is you can get any and everything you need at, you know, Walmart. Like we have this instant gratification day of age. And having that instant gratification also leads to us thinking we have to have immediate answers to things. When people present us with questions, we have to have the answer right then and there or that we have to have all the knowledge already there and just give it immediately because they had the question immediately. So I need the answer immediately. But that's really wrong. That's really dangerous. We don't have to have immediate answers. We don't have to have immediate responses. We have the ability to take time to think, take time to confirm that what's being presented to us is correct, have time to understand what the person's asking, think about it, think on it, and give them the facts and the correct answer back. Because when we give immediate answers, there's a danger in giving wrong answers because we may be giving an answer to something without stopping to think and challenge the question itself. And we may be missing that the question that was presented to us was wrong from the start. And so I have an example that came up this week. I've talked about it before in my, uh, some of my episodes how I like to hang out in you know the online communities. One of the big ones is Reddit. I, I'm a big fan of Reddit. It's, I think it's a pretty civil social media platform. Uh, highly recommend uh, some threads on there. But this one post that was on there, it, like I've had examples like this happen in my life before, but this one's immediate, so I'm able to use it. And someone with very Gnostic views, I think they were actually a Mason, uh, part of the Masons or something, like they had some very Gnostic views. If you don't know much about Gnosticism, I don't recommend looking into Gnosticism, but I would recommend you know looking it up just to understand what Gnosticism is, Um, uh, which it's spelt with a G in case you don't know, G-N-O-S-T, Gnost, like that, Gnostic, Gnosticism, however you want to say it. But the person was asking if Cain and Abel had different fathers. And when I first saw that question, you know, my immediate thought was this was the most ridiculous thing I've read today, <laughs> Not ever, because you see lots of ridiculous stuff online. But it was a question I was just really confused about. But the person had, you know, genuine questions behind it. And that's rightfully so. Uh, I guess this person had heard some theories in, you know, the group they were in with the Gnosticism and stuff. And it led them to have these weird questions about whether or not Cain and Abel had different fathers. And so, you know, rightfully so, lots of people were commenting in reply telling this person, you know, why they were wrong, uh, why, you know, Cain and Abel had the same father. It's very clear in the scriptures. Nothing about this is weird. Like, it's very obvious these two have the same father, and that's the way the Bible puts it That, But when all these people were correctly telling this commenter they were incorrect, and they were doing it with grace, they weren't just, like, saying, oh, you're an idiot for believing this. Like, it was very peaceful. But then there was this one guy who kept commenting to, in reaction to all the other commenters, and he was saying, and this is his words, not mine, quote, uh, kind of paraphrase, but he was saying that how do you explain, quote, I will put enmity between your seed and her seed, end quote, because of Eve's interaction with the serpent God now gave a seed to Eve that is the serpent's. And I, and that was his words. And I read that and I was like, that is the most crazy thing I've ever heard. I, like, that, that doesn't sound right. That doesn't sound biblical. Nothing about that sounds right, like which verse is he quoting, because he didn't put a verse, uh, but I was like, I have, you know, the the phrase, I will put enmity between your seed and her seed, I've heard that before, so I know that's in the Bible, but I feel like that's not correct. And so, in response to this guy, lots of people were combating him, saying things like, oh, you know, it's a spiritual seed, uh, you know, because of the line of, uh, with Jesus coming to crush the head of the serpent and all this. And they were saying things along that line which weren't entirely incorrect, but, weren't the right thing that needed to be said to tell this person why they were wrong like they were telling this person they were wrong but they were doing it in response to taking what he said as if what he said was correct and in reading it i was just like all of this feels wrong so what i did as i was reading this was i mean am i i was at work honestly (laughs) when i was doing this so i was on a computer i don't have a bible at work well i do but it's only got the new testament so i didn't have the old testament on me so you know i just got on the internet looked up the verse and it's uh genesis three fourteen through 15. And i'm going to read the whole that both those verses for you so you can get the whole context so genesis three fourteen through 15 says the lord god said to the serpent because you have done this cursed are you above all livestock and above all beasts of the field on your belly you shall go and dust you shall eat all the days of your life i will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring he shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. So when I read that, I had two I had a couple I had many thoughts come up, but a couple really big ones come up. Uh, one of the first thoughts I had was immediately, okay, you misquoted this because what the person was saying was that it said I will put imagery between your seed and her seed. It was just not entirely incorrect, but it says I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. So my first thought when I read that was that Yeah, there's going to be enmity enmity between you and a woman. You know, the definition of enmity that I looked up, uh, which, you know, it's one of those words you know. But just to clarify, basically just means hostility. That there's going to be division and hostility between something. And, you know, him saying, I'll put enmity between you and a woman, basically just meant to me when I read that, that he will put division between the serpent and humans. And I think that's very apparent when you read the whole verse because it talks about... uh, the, be- the serpent being on its belly for now on, which kind of in my head maybe says that prior to this incident, serpents maybe had arms and legs. I don't know, but to make it a claim that you will now be on the belly and implies that there was a time when the serpent wasn't on its belly. And then I read, you know, you read the more parts of it, which is the ending part. He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. All right, well, that makes sense, too, because humans step on snakes. So, he shall bruise your head? Yeah. A human will bruise the head of a serpent, because... That's how, you know, that works. I mean, I don't know, I'm not don't have to be a rocket scientist to explain that. The ser- you shall bruise his heel. The serpent shall bruise the heel of a human. That makes sense for the same reason, because serpents are down on the ground. Our heels and ankles are down on the ground. So, you know, just reading that, that alone seemed to completely disprove what this guy said. Because I was just like, well, you know, what you're claiming is not what it says. It doesn't say that Eve is now going to have a baby from the serpent that's not what enmity means. That's not what any of that means. Like it it means that there's going to be a clear distinction between the serpent and humans and that they're going to be in hostility with each other for the rest of time. Like that's, that's what that seems to say when I read it. And I hope maybe like that's at least in the ballpark of what you get when you read that too. And one of the other thoughts that first came to my head when I read this, which was the one that really just kind of disproved everything this guy was saying to begin with, because, you know, I don't have this whole guy's thread and all of his comments, but he was basically making it sound as if God was saying this to the woman, that he was saying, oh, you were going to have an offspring from the serpent and an offspring from uh, from man because of you listening to them. And so when I first read this, like, I laughed literally out loud when I first read this, the first line, the Lord God said to the serpent. So I was like, well, that right there disproves most of what this guy was trying to argue on most of this because it says right there that God was talking to the serpent. So a lot of everything this guy was saying was incorrect just off the first line because this wasn't what God was saying to Eve. This is what God was saying to the serpent. So his point, again, was immediately disproven. And there was numerous things. Like I actually commented on the thing saying like, hey, this is where you're wrong. Like here's the verses. Here's what they say. And these completely disprove everything you're saying. And, you know, those two thoughts I had, I just explained to y'all, like, immediately disprove this quote-unquote theory, we'll call it, that Eve was going to have a kid from the Serpent. I mean, I'd never heard that before. That was so ludicrous to me. But there was a few people who were, uh, you know, self-proclaimed Gnostics on there and stuff who had at least knew about this theory and stuff. And I was just like, this is crazy. But lots of people did come in defending The verse and defending the verse against this guy in the sense of like trying to say he was wrong, you know, defending what it meant. Like I said, they were saying from a spiritual side of things is this and they weren't entirely wrong. You know, I do think there are spiritual aspects to pretty much every verse in the Bible. Like there's a lot that are face value, but there's normally a spiritual side of things to it, too, because God's amazing and can work both meanings into one thing. And they weren't entirely wrong. But I could also tell just by the fact of how they were defending it, that none of these people had went and back to the scripture none of these people went back to the source to find out what it actually said they just took what this guy said and started to defend against what he said but what these people should have done and what i'm encouraging you guys to do when you're in these kind of situations is to take the approach i took pull out your bible like first thing look at the bible see if there's context around a verse if there's more verses if the verse is even right to begin with because. It was almost right what he said, but it was kind of not. And because of it kind of not being, he this person was able to use that and twist it in their way to make it to where it was this ridiculous claim. Because, But sometimes the answers to someone's question are as black as white as the difference of a snake and a human as physical beings. And I think this is one of the situations where, yeah, there is some spiritual side to it, but I also think it was from the description that it's given, it just seems to honestly be... A big difference of, hey, here's how humans and snakes are going to interact because of, you know, the fact that one will bite the heel, one will step on the head. But this is just a problem I see too often. Like, I see too often and hear too often and have been part of this in my life and made the mistakes before where a non-believer, a naysayer, whatever, will say to a Christian, and it's normally done in a public setting where they have like a thing that they, you know, they have that gotcha, quote unquote, gotcha moment and they come up with this question to ask this attack and when said christian is attacked you know a human being myself included its natural reaction is to try and defend immediately because especially if people are looking at you you know you look like i mean we think we look like an idiot if we don't give an answer back immediately but we need to get past that feeling we need to get past that natural tendency and reaction to have an immediate answer and what we need to do is train ourselves to first and foremost make sure the question is coming from a point of truth. Because they may, as this person was, they may be twisting the truth. You know, it's just like the serpent said in the the garden to Eve and Adam. It's like, did God really say, you know, what? He, he was twisting God's word from the beginning, and people will do that same thing. They will twist God's word. They may give you part of a verse. They may give you half a verse. They may give you the verse with a few words just in different order so it sounds right from what you remember. But word order matters. Word order can change the complete meaning of stuff. So when someone that comes at you with a question, the first thing you need to do is make sure the question is coming from a point of truth. And most of us, because we're very blessed nowadays, especially if you live in a, a first world country or whatever, most of us have a smartphone. I mean, that's just statistically, not everyone does, but most do, will have a smartphone. Because we may not have a Bible with us all the time, but you at least have a Bible app on your phone, or if you don't have a Bible app on your phone, which I encourage you to get one, worst case, you're going to have Google. and like Because that's what I used when I was at work on my work laptop, and when you have these tools... You can The person can present this question to you and you can say, hold on a second, let's make sure that's right. Pull out your phone, find a verse they're referencing and look at the context, look at the surrounding words and make sure it's right. But take that time to make sure the facts are straight because like, knowing the context of a verse matters and you have to make sure it's the right verse to begin with because your entire argument, if you start arguing but what your main question was from is wrong to begin with, you're going to come up with crazy wrong answers the whole time, and you're just going to be defending nothing because the question wasn't even the right question to be asking in the first place. And so I just want to encourage you to take the time to actually find out if what is being said is correct. Take the time to get the correct context and situation of the Bible and, like, in that time, God will use that time. Like you can, while you're sitting there searching for it, that's a good time to pray. While you're looking for it, finding the answer, and like God will work in that. And you know, as little as it's, as hard as it is for us to believe, if there's a people and stuff, they're not just gonna start screaming at you for being stupid if you're like trying to, you know, make sure the facts are right. I think we have this. Wrong idea that that's just people, how people are going to be like. They're going to like, oh, you had to look this up. That meant that proves you're wrong. But that's not the truth. like If you look it up and then you can show this person why they're wrong, not that we're here to stick it to their face, but you'll be able to stick it to their face being like, oh, well, look, you were wrong from the start of what you were even saying. So take that time because we don't lose the battle by taking the time to get the facts straight. We lose the battle when we go in shooting blindly at a target that wasn't even a target to begin with. So make sure the target is actually the target before you start running into the battle because you have to be running towards the right target. But that's just my take, and I'm not a pastor.